Hello, and welcome back to Pan Am, the podcast that sneaks up stealthily to spy on Paris. Today, the grotty underbelly known as the Cour du Miracle, or Courtyard of Miracles, as made famous by Victor Hugo in his hefty tome, Notre Dame de Paris. Now this may seem rather wonderful, but the Courtyard of Miracles was about as miraculous as finding the ball under the right cup by one of the many crooks who swindled tourists at Sacré-Cœur. At the Cour de Miracle, thieves, prostitutes, beggars and outlaws would meet at the end of their working day, and as if by miracle, the blind could suddenly see, the deaf hear, and the maimed would gain use of their limbs. Each night they would throw down their crutches, wash off fake wounds, stop twitching or shaking or whatever ruse it was they were using to beg by day, and so it was given this nickname, the Cour de Miracle, and it stuck. Now, although we talk about the Cour de Miracle, there were in fact several in 17th century Paris. But it was at Rue Neuve-Saint-Sauveur, more or less modern-day Rue de Nil, Rue de Forge et Rue de Damiette, where the largest, most dangerous was found. And it was also the one that Victor Hugo made famous. He describes it as a gutter of vice and beggary, of vagrancy that spills over into the streets of the capital, an immense changing room of all the actors of this comedy that robbery, prostitution and murder play on the cobbled streets of Paris. So the Cour de Mirac was essentially a slum neighbourhood, huddled up against the 14th century walls of Charles V, and reached by a network of complicated narrow paths and alleys. The inhabitants were known as argotiers due to an argo, or secret slang they spoke. It was believed to be an organised and intriguing criminal underworld, where everyone had their role to play, and there were many roles to learn. For example, you could be a hubin, and claim you'd been healed by Saint Hubert of Rabies, or a coquillard, who would display seashells and claim to have just finished a pilgrimage to Santiago de Compostela in Spain. A sableux was a fake epileptic, a pietre, was a fake amputee, Franck Mitou were fake lepers, and so it went on. Here, master criminals would teach newcomers the slang and techniques of how to pickpocket, rob, steal, murder, and pretend to have a number of a long list of ailments or mutilations. It was a sort of world in reverse, with its own rules, laws, and even its own king, known as the Roi de Thunes, who would apparently hold a cat o' nine tails and a dead dog on a pike. Henri Sauval, a 17th century historian, described it as a great cul-de-sac which was stinking, muddy, irregular and unpaved, and claimed that no one had faith or law and baptism, marriage and the sacraments were unknown. This is hardly surprising when you think of the conditions in which people were living. Henri Sauval gives a terrible depiction of an overcrowded and filthy place. A mud-filled house, half-buried and falling from age and rot, not four square fathoms, which is about 53 square metres or 576 square feet, which nevertheless sheltered more than 50 households, loaded down with an infinite number of children, legitimate, illegitimate or stolen. He goes on to describe it as being filled with the evil poor. The 17th century was a time for many of great unemployment, overcrowding and poverty. In Paris, these desperate times force people into desperate means. Between the 15th and the 17th century, a mix of the Hundred Years' War and the Black Plague left one-sixth of the population of France homeless and starving. Many made their way to Paris in the hope of finding work or a better life, only to end up living in the slums surrounding the city. 
Paris was overcrowded, filthy and dangerous. High unemployment meant people were faced with little or no choice but to turn to crime. Old street names, some rather poetic, such as the Rue du Bout du Monde, World's End, now Rue Léopold Belin, or the Rue de Temps Perdu, the street of lost or wasted time, now Rue Saint-Joseph, give us an insight perhaps into the feelings of the residents. Just on a side note, Rue Saint-Joseph is perhaps more famous now for being the birthplace of Zola, and although a working-class neighbourhood at his birth, it was far from the den of criminals that it was in the 17th century, as the Cour de Mirac had been completely destroyed. The threat, or perceived threat, of this organised criminal headquarters had become so bad that in 1667 the king, Louis XIV, charged Nicolas Renier with the task of dispersing this troublesome population. Although they put up a good fight, they were ultimately unsuccessful. Many were imprisoned, sentenced to death, or sent to serve in the royal galleys. On hearing about the destruction of this neighbourhood, the residents were thrilled, and to this day, this neighbourhood is called Bonne Nouvelle, Good News. The buildings were destroyed to make way for a fish market. The fishmongers, however, a superstitious lot, refused to move in, and so it became home instead to ironmongers. It was, however, Houseman's reorganisation of the city in the 19th century that would completely eliminate the last traces of the Cour de Miracle. So what, if anything, is left of the Cour de Miracle and this dangerous neighbourhood? Let's go for a walk and see. Bonne nouvelle. Bonne nouvelle. Today... This area is no longer a slum on the outskirts of the city, but rather the very central second arrondissement. The walls were destroyed by Louis XIV, but you can still walk along the Grand Boulevard and down the Rue d'Aboukir if you'd like to trace their path. Let's us walk down the Rue Saint-Denis. This is an old Roman road, an important street as it led to the Cathedral of Saint-Denis and was used from the 8th century by the kings on their return to Paris from their coronation in Reims. Royal funerals would also take this route on their way to the Cathedral of Saint-Denis. Being a main thoroughfare, it attracted pilgrims, inns, hospitals and prostitutes. Its proximity to Léal Market meant that they always had plenty of clients to choose from, and today Saint-Denis is still synonymous with prostitution. Streets were given such suggestive names as the rue Gratte-Cu or Arscratch Street, or the rue Thierre-Boudin, Sausage Tug Street, not a reference to a butcher's, as I'm sure you've worked out. But this was before the names of the streets were changed and sanitised. This, however, deserves a whole episode to itself. From Rue Saint-Denis, we can walk through one of Paris's oldest covered passages, the Passage du Caire. It dates from 1798 and was inspired by the great souk of the Egyptian capital following Napoleon's campaign in Egypt. It's a lovely passage with a glass roof, but rather simple and modest inside, and although one of the longest passages, it's also the most narrow. It opens onto the Prissy Place du Caire, where the entrance to the passage is decorated with hieroglyphs and three serene-looking heads of the goddess Hathor. From here you can trace the old path of the Cour de Miracle, along the Rue de Forge, Rue de Damiette, and down the Rue de Nil. today full of trendy cafes, restaurants, and a surprising but lovely full wall of plants no longer stinking alleys and dead-end paths. Let's walk briefly along the Rue d'Aboukir, the old walls of the city, and carry on down the bustling market street of Montaguay, past Rue Tiquetant, where the 12th century walls of Philippe Auguste once marked the edge of the city, and towards what used to be the heart of Paris, the marketplace Léal, and today is a shopping centre with a rather curious roof. There may be no more traces of the Cour de Miracle, no buildings, no city walls, little crime, 
But nonetheless, let's us keep walking towards Rue de la Grande Truanderie, which is just next to the Rue de la Petite Truanderie, where I'll leave you today. Although there's some dispute as to the origins, some believe it comes from a word which means tax, as people are taxed on bringing goods into Paris. But others believe that it comes from the slang term truande, which is a crook, criminal, or beggar, and truanderie is therefore criminal activity. A small but pleasant reminder of Paris's dark past, in a neighbourhood that was once full of evocative street names, terrible crimes, and miracles. That's it for me today. Thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, do tell a friend or write a review as it does help others find the podcast. As always, I welcome your thoughts and feedback. Thanks for now. Bye-bye.